Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Today you'll only be getting three cents of The Sixth Sense Report as I'll be introducing an interview I did with my friend IJ for his podcast and online magazine called Gazingaram Dialogue. And so we talked about being black and conservative. And so just to kind of give you more context and, and preface some of the remarks that I make in this interview... When I use the word conservative, I'm not necessarily talking about a political view, but more so holding to traditional attitudes and values and cautious about change or innovation, typically in relation to politics or religion, uh, as opposed to, you know, um, a liberal way of thinking, open to new behavior or opinions and willing to discard traditional values. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's basically kind of a background on myself and how my political, uh, economic, and maybe even um, theological views um, have developed over the years, especially being, um, in my experience, being a a black male. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys have any questions, uh, you guys know where to find me. Uh, Do go to Darnell on Twitter and Instagram, and that's D-O-G-U-D-D-A underscore Darnell, or you can find me on Facebook as Darnell Samuels. All right, I hope you guys enjoy. Today I spoke with my friend Darnell Samuels. Uh, Darnell is the co-host of The Sixth Sense Report. The Sixth Sense Report is a fantastic podcast. You should all check it out. It's where Joel and him discuss ideas and uh, issues that affect Canadians in an intellectually honest way. Uh, In this episode, Darnell and I talk about what it's like being black and conservative, how he became a conservative. We talk about minimum wage. We talk about Walter Williams. We talk about his black love ethic. We talk about family, the importance of family, and why Darnell does not like the way Candace Owens uh, engages with people. Um, He thinks that there's a better way to convince people of uh, conservatism instead of being brash. So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. Check it out. What's up, Darnell? How you doing, IJ? Doing well, man. It's got a early morning for us. You came down here quite early. Yeah, but it was worth it, man. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. So, man, this, is, this is my first interview, man. This is the, so you're the first person to ask my opinion on something. So, so I w- here's the thing. I'll start off with a very light topic. What's it like being black and being social conservative? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Man, it's it's weird, man. Because like, you know, I you know I was raised liberal, but you didn't know it was liberal. So it's just there's just like this common narrative among, you know, being black. Uh, like for example, um, you get the talk from your parents. So I got the talk, and for those who don't know what the talk is, it's, it's the talk your parents give you. Um, give their black kids, usually their sons, that uh, you are, as a black male, or, um, you know, the system, the world is against you. So you have to work two times as hard 
as your white counterparts to get anywhere in life. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, I was raised even by my dad, you know, that um, the police authority is my enemy. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the music, the rap music I listen to, you know, it's, it's against authority. Um, yeah, so, so it was just a common narrative that I grew up with. And then when I started being introduced to conservative ideas, it was mm. just like a, a, like a, a paradigm shift. It was just weird. So is this talk like most black kids get this talk? Is it is this common? Uh, yeah, yes, I, I would say it's common in the sense as common as as the narrative as like just liberal thought. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, well, you know, at the time, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't know what's liberal. I don't know what's conservative. Right. All I know is that, you know, uh, police hurt black people. Um, black people seem to get the short end of the stick, mm-hmm. and that's it. And that's a fact. You don't like when people say, "Oh, that's liberal." What? I don't know what liberal is. I don't know conservative. All I know is that this is this is my reality, and that's it. So um, now, now of course, you know, not of course, not every single black parent does this, but it's done out of safety. Okay. So it's not done out of hatred. It's done out of safety and love, um, because you know, you know, once you know your your child steps out into the real world, hmm. yeah, racism hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and being roughed up. Uh, by the authority figures hurts having um, getting the short end of the stick hurts so they're kind of like preparing you for real life hmm. Hmm. yeah so that's done out of love in that sense so when you after the talk when you are in the real world was it a did you notice that what they were saying were true or was it like oh, oh yeah. of, was it like a uh, what you call it confirmation bias sort of uh You're like, oh yeah, this is hmm. happening for sure. Confirmation bias—that's a good way to put it. Uh, that's a good—that—that—that's—that's that, that's a very good way to put it. But I, I would say no, it's not confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, my dad told me about the police. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, and like the, my very first interaction with the police was 10 years old. Really? I'm on a bike and they're pulling me over. What? Yeah, oh yeah. For what? Like, oh, yo. <laughs> you know what? It was just yo, man, it was just just the interactions. It was just it was just a constant interaction. Was it like a hey, what's up, kid? Or like, what are you doing here? Uh no, it's more like uh yeah, what are you doing here? Or um uh you know, do you got a record? What's your name? What? Yeah, I know. As a tech, right? like Yeah, yo. right? So, you know, and I told my dad, and my dad's like, Okay, next time a police ask you a question, you tell him to go F himself. <laughs> right like you know that's my that's my pop so he's like yeah tell him to go f himself and so from then on i just const from that day on i've constantly been in um confrontation with police um you know even like you know sometimes they'll come to my house um, what asking for my friends right so my mom would be like hey man tell him you don't know anything you know what i mean because you know what i mean like the next thing you know people find out the police came to my house and then they go and book my boy kevin yeah and they're like oh well they were the last place they were at was darnell's house darnell snitching on the block you know <laughs> and then everybody's coming at me even like you know when i was at tyndale i'm being stopped by police what brother what do you mean <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> it's like a tyndale what? Yeah. what the security guards or you mean no just like the cops bro on, okay on, so cops and baby. so um back at the old building Um, we had the shoppers drug mart in the back. That's right. And so, you know, I went, I went, you know, went in to go grab, I don't know, lotion or whatever. And I went in 
and I came out. I didn't buy anything. I was like, oh, man, because Shoppers Drug Mart's too expensive anyways. Yeah. And I came out, and there's a police officer. There's a car in front of the store, and the police officer was sitting on the car. And when I walked out, I, lo- I saw him. Like, I, lo- I saw him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, frig. And I just stopped. And I just put my hands up. And then he just he said, he just looked at me and said, he said, sorry, they called me. He's like, sorry, no. they called me. And I, yeah, but but again, but again, I you know I've been through this. That's what I'm saying. Like from when I was young. So what are you? Why would they call you? What, um, because you somebody in the store, the manager thought I was um, I was suspicious. So so were you he called the police. Suspiciously? Pardon? Were you dressed? No, no, no. Um, but I was I was in the store. Like I couldn't figure out what I wanted to buy. So I guess that looked suspicious. Oh, because you're like um, just yeah, you know wandering. Yeah, you know, man, your shopper store has a lot. I was probably reading the magazines or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Um, thinking to buy liquor. There's a black man, 911. There's a black man. Uh, he's just picked up lotion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what he wants to get, yeah. but I remember I came out and I didn't have anything in my hand. Um, so I get, so either way, he was already there waiting. So I already saw him there waiting and yeah. I knew he was there for me. And I just stopped and then he just said, sorry, man. They called me and I just put my hands up. I said, yo, don't worry, man. I already know. I already know. It's okay. Was this, was this a, um, a Caucasian cop? No, a uh, brown guy. The brown guy. Yeah. So, so it was just one of those things. I said, you know, I told them, I told the officer, I was like, look, man, it's it's cool. Like, I, it's okay. I'm 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 used to it, so it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. So I just put my, and he just started patting me down in front of the store, started searching me. Yo, that's and, nuts. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, but I, it didn't bother me though. Because you're like, whatever. Yeah, it, it really, it, to hide. bro. It doesn't bother me, man. It really doesn't. It just, it just, it's just part of life, and it's just, it didn't bother me. Now, when I told people, they were shocked. Um, but the the other black guy at Tyndale, um, Andre, Andre, yeah, yeah, Andre Paris. <laughs> I told Andre, Andre's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And his girlfriend at the time, she was like, they did what? I can't believe this. <laughs> this is outrageous. I can't. And me and Andre are looking at each other like, what do you mean this is outrageous? This is life, this is normal. man. This is normal, man. What are you t-? Like, so we kind of laughed about it, but she was like offended. But, you know, me and Andre weren't offended. We're like, yo, man, like this is just. But is it normal for, is it normal to not be offended or is it more normal to be offended? Um, Because, but again, because my mom and dad already primed me for this. Yeah. I was already used to it. Oh. Um, There's been times I've been surrounded on a block Um, back when I, um. When I um I had to go see uh, I think a, a psychologist or a therapist because um, I was having issues, and so um, he lived on he lived on a, in a rich neighborhood, and um, so my dad was um, you know just paying for my session, mm-hmm. and then I went outside to go wait by the car, and I was just sitting on the car waiting by the car, yeah, and I was like this, uh, so then the police car comes down one end of the road, and then he cuts me off. And then on the other end of the road, a police officer comes and they no. cut me off. And they're like, <laughs> so they cut me off and I'm on the car and they cut me off and they're asking me, what am I doing in the neighborhood? Yeah. And I said, oh, I'm here to see my doctor. They're like, yeah. your doctor? Where does he live? I'm like, oh, he's over there. And, you know, they checked and they followed up. They said, yeah, well, some somebody in the neighborhood saw you out here and it looked like you didn't belong. So they called the police. And I was like, okay, that's cool. They're like, oh yeah, okay, well, sorry cool about that. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, but yo, my dad came out. Oh man, so you know, it was just one of those things. Like my dad came out, and he just, you know, he just looked hurt. And you know, you know, we, you know, he was quiet on the way home. We were just quiet, didn't say much. But it was just, uh, you know, uh, again, it didn't bother me. Um, I, 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 although it did kind of bother me because they surrounded me, and it, so you know what I mean, like a criminal. 
Well, huh? As if you were a criminal. Uh, yeah, well, like, hey, hey, man, like, like this is why, you know, so, so it was like, I was on the car, but okay, I was nervous a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I'm surrounded, that means they probably think I'm a threat and, you know, they might shoot on sight. Right. So, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I like I said, I got the talk, so I already know not to act crazy. Yeah. You know, so I just waited for them to approach me and so forth. So, yeah. So, so I wouldn't say that's confirmation bias. Like, yeah. Uh, one more story for the audience. So I know that's all. Yeah, like when I'm telling, like that's what I, what I say to people. Like they're like, "Oh man, you're conservative, man. Yo, this guy, this guy's crazy." Yeah. Well, they, well, yeah. But I, I, I've experienced these things. But I'm, but I still have con- a conservative way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah. Because okay, tell what's the story. So, um, uh, so my work, my job has a had a at the time they had a zero tolerance policy on being late. So I'm like, okay, Frank. So I'm in the mall. Yeah. Uh, square one and um. I'm like, you know, I'm running through the mall, man. I'm trying to get to, you know, get catch the bus so I don't, you know, so I don't get in trouble. I'm doing all right, and I'm wearing my blue jays fitted, and um, uh, not this one, but the one with the not the old logo, but the new yeah. new one at the time. And um, yeah, man, I read and then I was running to the door, and then there's a security guard. Um, oh no, no, it was a police officer. There's a police officer standing in front of the door. And as I'm moving towards the door, he's like cutting me off. And he says, come with me. And I was like, ah, <laughs> man. So they detained me. In um, the mall. Huh? In the mall. Uh, no, because they, they have like a police station attached to the mall. Okay. So um, so then they, uh, they put me in a holding cell sort of um, until they can clarify who I was. Because um, the night before, there was a shooting in the subway. Oh. And someone was killed, um, so the, so I fit the I fit the description of the guy who who did the shooting. Right. Um, so the guy who did the shooting had a blue jays fitted on. Okay. But uh, you know, but for anybody that knows, you know, just in general, whatever city you're from, you wear the baseball cap of the city you're from. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're from New York, you know you wear your Yankees. Yeah. You know, if you're from Toronto, you wear your Blue Jays, right? Everybody has a Blue Jays hat. Yeah. You know, so it was just one of those things, but. Um, so that's why, you know, they 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 detained me. They searched my stuff. Uh, they put me in a hole and cell just to, to make sure who I was. And all all I said, man, I wasn't even mad. I was just like, look, man, you need to write me a letter and tell Mark Francis that uh, <laughs> that I, yo that you guys were holding me up, man, because he's not gonna believe me. You know what I mean? So it was, it was kind of funny. I was just like, yo, just make sure you guys write this out and just let them know, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm late because you guys had to search me, you know? So it was cool at that point. But again, like I'm only saying, I'm only like giving you these stories because this adds to the narrative of, you know, you know, some, you know, for some black people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why your parents would give you that talk. So it's for your safety. They're giving, they're not saying, so it's not necessarily that it's a, um, they're not trying to make you hate the cops. They're just trying to say, "Hey, this is a reality. Just be. I want you to be aware of it so that you don't get shot." Oh well, yeah, or, or or you know, like act brand new, or like you know, the police say, "Hey, come with me." What? I have rights out here. Don't you ever get your hands. Get your next thing you know. You know, what I mean, I'm Trayvon Martin or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, you know, it's it's crazy. So you really can't, um, or Michael Brown. It's just one of those things. Like, yo, you can't. Yeah, you can't act crazy as a black person. Like you know, yeah, you you really you really have to chill. Yeah, you know. So 
you know, again, but that's that was just part of the narrative, the music I listen to, the, the movies I watch, the TVs I you know watch. Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince was yeah, Fresh Prince was tamed. Awesome. Yeah, he but he was detained by the police. Him and Carlton, they in were pulled life? over. Oh uh, no, no, in the um, in oh, there was in, an episode okay. where they were pulled where they were pulled over, and um, you know, then Philip, you know, Uncle Phil had to come and get them out because he was a judge, yeah. and and the white officers didn't believe him, but you know, Uncle Phil like was just you know gave him that that lawyer judge talk. And then eventually, you know, uh, Uncle Phil called one of his friends, one of his white friends, and they got um, Will and Carlton out of out of jail. And at the end, Carlton and Will, you know, Carlton was still second guessing the police pulling them over. Like, like Carlton didn't get it. Right. Like Will, you know, Will's from West Philadelphia. He gets it, you know. And so Carlton's like, "But I would have pulled myself over." He's like, "But I would have." I would like he's like you could see him wrestling with it. Yeah. He's like, but Will, like they pulled us over because they thought we were criminals, not because we were black. Yeah. You know, and Will's just like, look, Carlton, they only see one thing, and he just taps him on his on his face. He's like, yeah. they only see one thing, hmm. and then he leaves the room, and then Carlton's still standing there, and he's like, but I would have pulled myself over, and he was like still confused. Hmm. So these are you know these are narratives you see like on your favorite TV shows and the music, um, and it's just part of the narrative. So yeah. I, I would like as I said. You, you, for most black people or for some who aren't as well versed in political rhetoric, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not going to say, oh, I'm leftist or I'm a liberal or I'm yeah. this. They're, all they say is, look, man, all I know is I, I can be pulled over, so I better not act crazy where I can get myself killed. Right. And you, and you, you can even, like, you could be like, oh, I have been pulled over. And so this is most likely, okay. So here's the thing. You've been pulled over. <laughs> you've had, you've been surrounded mm-hmm. by cops. Mm-hmm. And this fits. What we what we would call the liberal narrative of things. Yeah. But you're not a liberal by any stretch of the means, if I'm correct. Well, I I used to. What happened? Like how? Okay, I'm just trying to I'm trying to understand how it is that with all this happening, mm-hmm. how you're not a liberal. Uh, well, I think I think like there's two sides to it. I guess so. Like I I guess for me being a Christian. Um, and understanding sin of people and then understanding, like, extending a measure of grace. Mm-hmm. Like, always, always assume the best. Always assume the best until um, you could prove otherwise because you don't know the intentions. I can't read the intentions of a man's heart yeah, um, and a man's mind. Uh, just like those police who came to to, uh, to to search him in front of Shopper's Drug Mart, like, he's only just doing his job. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said to him, like, yo, it's okay. Like, you're doing your job. Yeah. Like, I get it. Um, and, I, you know, you can't tell what's on a person's heart or mind. So, so it's, it's that's sin to falsely accuse somebody of something like that. So that's right. why I don't play with that. But I think politically or, 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 or socially, I, I changed uh, – Stumbling upon uh, like Thomas Sowell material, mm. uh, taking economics with uh, Professor Krauss. Yeah, and yeah, so basically with Sowell, it was more so hearing another side of the black experience mm. that rarely is ever heard. I know I never, I never, I wasn't introduced to any of mm. these ideas. You know what I mean? So it's usually like Jesse Jackson, L. Sharpton. Yes. On one side, mm-hmm. Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams on the other. I've never heard of Thomas Sowell. I've never heard of Walter Williams. You know Jesse Jackson yeah, and sure. those guys. You know what I mean? So 
um, you're used to the to, to the rhetoric. So, yeah. So I, I stumbled across his material in class. So when you when you I'm uh, did you read what did you read basic economics or yeah basic economics and uh, vision of the anointed no not vision of the anointed um oh gosh I have to look that up let me see um vision of the anointed uh, but you know what a lot of times it was just watch first was, I just it was just his lectures so I was looking at his like you know his talks his lectures yeah uh, reading essays you know really getting instead of you know. I wasn't really getting to the books just yet. I was just yeah. like, okay, like let me get a like, short snippet of yeah, who is this guy uh, talking like a coon, right? Right. Oh, do you you know what a coon is? That's a black guy who is a white guy. Inside. Yeah, well, well, it's a derogatory <laughs> term uh, towards uh, uh, black people. So or a black person. So black people use it among each other. So it's like a traitor or something. Yeah, like a traitor, uh-huh. uh, a coon, Uncle Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Okay, I've heard Uncle Tom. Yeah. Um, so. You know, so I was just like, man, this guy talking like a coon. You know what I mean? So you, you, you're dismissing, but it was, it was just for me at this point. For me, I'm I was on this whole bent about solutions, so I didn't okay. really dismiss okay. his ideas outright. Um, so yeah, I didn't dismiss his ideas outright. I was just more so thinking like, okay, I wanna um, fulfill the first great commission. Which is the cultural mandate found mm-hmm. in uh, Genesis chapter one verses twenty eight to twenty six, where God gives a command to all people to cultivate creation for the benefit of others. So I'm on this. So this whole principle, I'm I'm sold on, and I'm all about solutions. So I didn't dismiss his ideas. I was just like, okay, well, he's offering solutions that sound like they work, you know. So yeah. So what's the what was the one thing that you read from uh, Soul? That made you really go, okay, maybe there's something more to this. Um, it was so I have. Um, it was uh, the quest for cosmic justice. Quest for cosmic justice. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I have quest for cosmic justice, and then I have um, at home. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, because I had the basic economics and then um, economic facts and fallacies. Yes. So I have economic facts and fallacies and then the quest for cosmic justice. Um, and then I'm um, checking out his blog post, but I think it wasn't necessarily him, but it was uh, Walter Williams. Okay. That through that that I was, that that made me say, oh shoot, this is this is interesting. So his his whole thing, I didn't read any books from him, but um, there was like something on YouTube. Um, where he was explaining um, minimum wage, yeah, and he was basically, you know, showing how minimum wage uh, hurts black people, right? And I was just like, oh, what? So he, so basically, minimum wage, um, it it phases uh, two types of people out of the market: um, young people mm-hmm. and low skilled workers, right? Um, yeah, it phases out low skills, and that turns out to be young black people um low skilled workers and young people yeah yeah statistically um okay. yeah yeah it, it phases out and it's not just black people who are who may be young and um unskilled but usually it, it falls on on that the yeah. end of the spectrum and even like the the origin of minimum wage um was to keep black people out of uh was it really uh, yeah uh during uh apartheid so really yeah so with apartheid you have um before you have you know blacks able to work in the market so if if the minimum wage is zero, as 
um, most uh, Chicago school economists would say, like the true minimum wage is zero. Yeah. And so you start there and you're like, okay, well, zero. Well, why zero? Well, at this point, now you can um, barter for work. So if, you know, if, if white workers are willing to work for 10 bucks, um, but then a black worker comes and says, okay, well, I'll work for nine. Yeah. Well, the employer's like, well, shoot, I'm going to save some money. Yeah. Same. Um, if, yeah. If they can do the same work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going for the... Right. Yeah. And so now for the white worker, you're like, okay, am I going to go below that nine? Yeah. Well, well, you know what I mean? Like at, yeah. cer- at a certain point, you're like, okay, no, that's just too low for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you're hiring the black person. And even like, you know, just even like fresh out of slavery, you know, blacks were good workers. We developed skills during slavery mm-hmm. um, that made us employable. Yeah. <clears throat> so... You know, so you have blacks being able to find work because the minimum wage is zero. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, black people aren't able to find work because of racism. Well, no, we were able to find work even though there was racism because right. the minimum wage was zero. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, unions started saying, okay, well, you know, whites started to form unions and they said, okay, well, look, we'll put it at, we'll, we'll cut it off minimum wage at this point. That way it phases out all the black people and they can't barter can't for. Buy. Right. Yeah. They can't barter um, to... So once you have a minimum wage, you can't be like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll work for eight bucks. Minimum wage is ten bucks. Yeah, because it's illegal. Yeah, it's illegal. illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's illegal to pay somebody um, below that that amount. But if somebody's willing to to grind and, and put in the work, yeah, you know, because people don't 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 really see it that way. They just say, okay, well, it's not enough money. Yeah. Um, but the higher the higher you you raise it, then even like for employers, you know, like it's high, you're hiring less people. You are. You know what I mean? So, so the, uh, when I heard that, I was just like, "Wait a minute, that makes sense." You know, it's just math. Like, like, and and that's the thing. You know, like, not to go off on a tangent, but this is why, um, you know, people study um, classical education mm. in that you know math is one of those components, arithmetic, and that arithmetic helps you come to the truth because you know truth is all about the math. One plus one equals two. Um, so you know the it, the numbers are are verifiable. Yeah. Um. When you know when you do the math, and that's why I was able to when he when he was doing when Walter Williams was doing the math on minimum wage, I was like, well, the math looks like it all adds up, and it and it ends up hurting black people. And but it's funny. But then black p- people who who hold to a liberal view, mm-hmm. what do they vote? They're they're voting for minimum you know they, the minimum wage to go up. Yeah. Right. They're they're putting it to go up. They're like, yeah, black people need more. You know. You know, young black moms need more money. Yeah, I'm like, well, you're like, ah, you know, our, our young men are out of work. Yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta raise it so they can do stuff with them. Well, yeah, but now you're putting more of them out of work. Hmm. So this is now this is what sparks me where I'm like, okay, you know what, this economics thing, to me, if I can give a definition, like to me, economics is a science of helping people. Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's how that's how I would summarize okay. it. You know, because now, like, if you're really trying to help people, if you're really serious, yeah. then you'll do the math and you'll study the science on what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Because not doing it properly, you end up hurting those you're trying to help. Right. Long term wise, you, you you might end up hurting them. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and and that's why, and that's why, you know, uh, you know, not a shameless plug, but you know, that's why we started Six Sense Report. Yeah. So. See, um, there's the thing that you about the about minimum wage when um, what was it? Usually, when you hear it in the news, it's about affordability, right? It's like, man, we need to raise minimum wage because we can't afford to live. In, let's say Toronto. I mean, Toronto is an expensive city. Let's let's be clear, but it's always we can't afford to live on what what's the minimum wage here? Twelve? 
15 now. 15. What? Yeah, man, it's 15. <laughs> yeah, it's 15, bro. It's 15? Yeah, it's 15 here. We're doing all right. Yeah, we do it all right. <laughs> I'm over here thinking it's like 1275. Yeah, no, no, we're 15, man. We're 15. Was this from Kathleen Wynn? Uh, yeah, 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 we're 15. I know, right? I know. It's, it's crazy. How, how is someone, unless, do we have, um, is the minimum wage here 15 for if you're 21 and above? Like, is there a minimum wage for that? Uh, underage kids working i can't remember but i think i can't remember. once once it hits, once we get to a certain point in the year it's it's for just across the board okay yeah it's just 15 um bucks across the board so i mean that's crazy if you, if you don't have any experience who's going to pay you 15 bucks to, for right. you to gain experience right but and then also you know you think about it like like when it, I can't remember what it was before. I think it was probably like twelve or something. But thought, if you, but if you think about it, for like a person who was already making fifteen, yeah, and this wasn't the minimum, and the minimum was like twelve or yeah. eleven, and then you bring it up to fifteen, that neutralizes, like eventually everything adjusts. You know, like the prices adjust, yep. and the person who was already at fifteen, it brings them down because now their fifteen dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're like, wait a minute. Now I'm making a minimum wage. Yeah. When I was make, you know, fifteen was pretty good, because those guys were making less. But now you're like, oh wait a minute, wait this this neutralizes me. So, you know, it, it hurts people in 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 different ways when you really start to um, look at it. But yeah, but yeah. So so Walter Williams um, was was Walter Williams and Thomas Sowell really got me um, going. Um, and uh, and you know and also Larry Elder. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yes, Larry. Larry Elder. Oh man! <laughs> so Larry Elder, it's funny. He, he I, is. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say this. Okay, so um, Larry Elder, and you know, he's a jerk, man. He's a jerk, bro. <laughs> In his he's always like straight face. Yo, he's, he's, yo, he's a jerk and a half, man. <laughs> uh, so so as far as like me being conservative, you know, Larry Elder's a conservative, um, but he speaks. What was attractive to me about him was that um, he was aggressive. Hmm. Oh yeah, like you didn't take a backseat in conversation. Well, he he was just aggressive in in his rhetoric. Not well, of course, you know, being a jerk, but also um, calling out certain truths. Um, in that, like, he was always he just simply asked for proof. Right. And what's he, your evidence? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what's your evidence? Yeah, he's like, what's your evidence? What's, what's your, your proof? Evidence this? What's your proof? And you're like, well, uh, you, uh, you know, I was, I was stopped. I was surrounded. Yeah. It happened to me. He's like, okay, yeah. yeah, that happened to you. But like, like, what's the, you know, what's the proof? So he was, he was very aggressive yeah. in that way, where it kind of forced me to like, okay, like really reevaluate. Um, you know, are, am I interpreting things by my experience, or right. you know, even just looking at the numbers? Um, so these are things that, um, you know, he, he was one of those guys that kind of opened up my eyes but i feel like being conservative a black conservative i think there's still a way um i i felt i feel like uh, larry elder could do a better job of communicating his ideas hmm. rather than you know going straight for like shock value him and what's that other black girl's name um candace owens yeah candace owens i feel like um you think they're doing the same thing that the liberals are doing um, no, I I just feel like um, <laughs> like I feel like you know the shock value, you know, like 
you know, coming in and um, guns blazing. Um, that that hasn't really been my way necessarily of uh, coming across, especially as Christians. Like you know, like I think I think I think it's probably the Christian in me because we know as Christians mm. that the gospel's already an offense. Mm. It's already offensive. Right. There's no need to come in with guns blazing. Um, so you know, when you're really trying to you know witness to somebody, um, you know, you're coming across gentle. You're trying to find points of agreeance. Right. Um, to 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 slide in with the gospel. Because, you know, people are like, oh, I don't like Christians. I don't want to hear the, I don't want to hear what you guys have to say because this and that. And you're dismissed. Um, and they miss the opportunity for eternal life. So I kind of take that principle. And there are truths um, within the conservative camp that would be helpful to black people. So mm-hmm. I try not to um, be offensive. I try not to be too harsh. Okay. Because I was there too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was, you know, I was stopped. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I used to rap songs that f the police. <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, you know, Can you I give I've, us a, you know one I mean? of your lines. Huh? Can you give us one of your lines? From your <laughs> it's been a while, man, but but essentially, like, uh, it was one of those things where, um, I, I was just really trying to, um, not offend people, but try to communicate my ideas in a more gentler way and i, and I feel like okay. th- they could do that too but you know like i said like I've, I've been there and you resonate with with uh the liberal narrative because mm-hmm. i've been there and i have family members who are part of that okay um but yeah i just i just felt like those guys could do a better job communicating those ideas because then maybe you would have more blacks uh, who jump think on. more conservative mm. that's interesting because i i to me, my my thinking, my thought was, my thought process was, at least with Candace Owens and, and um, Larry Elder, is that the reason that they're doing, they're presenting um, their views the way they are doing it is because they're reacting to how aggressive the liberals are. So they're like, well, we're going to do it the same way, and it's. <laughs> uh, uh, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the I wouldn't say liberals are aggressive. You wouldn't th- think they're aggressive? No, no, I wouldn't say that they're aggressive. Um, I, I would say that Candace and Larry Elder are annoyed. Uh, like that's a different. That's a different. Thing. I think they're just annoyed with, um, and I'm not saying black people. They're just they're just annoyed with the stupidity. Hmm. I'm not saying black people are stupid, but they're annoyed with the stupidity that they see, um, um. Among some blacks. Okay. So you know when you're annoyed, you're just like, look, man, I'm just tired of this crap. I'm just you guys say need to. No yeah, 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 man. You guys just need to. Yeah, you guys just need to wake <laughs> up, man. You guys just need to stop, um, you know, having kids out of wedlock and yeah. stop, you know, um, you know, saying f the police, but then turn around calling the police when someone steals your stuff. Like you guys just need to, you know, cut all that out. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that that's where they were kind of coming from. So you think a better a better way to communicate would be a uh, more of a, like a long form calmer more because it's not like they're not irrational right when they're presenting these things do you think who's being irrational sorry candace owens and uh, uh larry, larry elder um no 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 god they're 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 bringing um pretty good arguments even like you know like larry elder just with the systemic racism yeah um okay yeah. would you what are your thoughts on systemic racism because just from your experience right mm-hmm. you would think hey maybe there's a bias against black people Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so part of it is like it's the same thing being a Christian um, you know when people say okay you know is God real mm. 
Um, how do you know um, there's life after death? Yeah. Um, you know, when, you know, when you study apologetics, you know, which is the, um, which is, um, you know, defending the faith, uh, you learn that you got to define your terms. Um, and, you know, you, you know, you're not trying to be a superhero in the conversation and answer every question, mm-hmm. but just clarifying your terms. And I think, you know, dealing with systemic racism or um, institutional racism, uh, defining the terms, that's where you start. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so so for me, uh, I guess I've been blessed to be uh, a slow thinker. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it gets me trouble at work. <laughs> Uh, and it gets me trouble at home with my wife. Okay. So my wife will say, go get this. Yeah. And then I'll get the wrong thing. Yeah. And she'll be like, no, I get this. And then I'll get the wrong thing. She'll say, okay, you know, she'll send me instructions to, to, to make lunch. And she's like, you get this pan. And I'm like, okay, I took a picture of the pan. I sent her a pan. She's like, no, not that pan. I said, okay, okay, okay. And I got two pans. I was like, okay, I got to get this right. I showed her the two pans. And she just laughed. And she's like, no. You know, like, like she's, and it was just one of those just ongoing things. She's like, yeah, Darnell. And she'll explain to other people, like, you know, when Darnell asks you questions, he's not doing that to be a jerk. He really just doesn't get it. He's just, mm. he's just a slow thinker that way. Okay. So I can acknowledge that I'm a slow thinker and I don't get things. And that's why people kind of get annoyed with me. They're like, okay, but you don't get this? And I'm like, actually, no, I don't. Right. <laughs> I like, don't, I like, I don't get, like, ask, ask, ask my boss, ask my, my wife. Like, I don't get simple things. So, so when I'm saying like what's institutional racism, I'm not being. You're not being facetious. Yeah, no, no. Like when I'm saying, okay, sorry, uh, I don't know what that means. Okay. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I've been pulled over, but like, okay, you're you're using a term. With Christians, like people are using terms like, okay, what do you mean propitiation? What do you mean Christ rose from the dead? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Jesus rose from the dead. You know, he got up and made barbecue and with the apostles. Oh, yeah, what's up? Yeah, but you're like, wait, you know, slow down. What do you mean that? But, but. You know, systemic racism, institutional racism, like, okay, well, okay, mm. show me a policy. Let's start there. Okay. Show me something. Um, and so for me... Show um, you a policy uh, where it's overtly racist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, explicit, implicit, um, you know, looking at, you know, verifying a text mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and dealing with the problems so we can get to the solution but a lot of times is the 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 the, the discussion goes in this direction um do you believe in institutional racism and then you say well no well then you must be part of the problem mm. i'm like whoa how did we <laughs> <That's a big laughs> how, how, how did we get there like or or oh it's come on it's obvious yeah um it's obvious come on just look around like what you haven't been stopped by the police before mm. um you know, that's almost like a Christian. And sorry for the, for the listeners. Like, I'm just explaining to you, like, how my train of thought works. So yeah. I keep going back to Christianity. That's fine. So for me, like, my, my thoughts are always going back and forth. Like, how does, how does a Christian handle this? So if an unbeliever says to you, um, or a Christian says, oh, you know, God is real. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't understand how God is real or I don't believe God is real. How? What do you mean you can't No, God is real? Just look around you. Look around you. You're breathing. Look, it's obvious. It's obvious. Well... No, no, God, God's existence is not obvious. Mm-hmm. Christ rising from the dead is not obvious. Mm. Systemic racism is not obvious. You know, so like there's a measure of patience um, that you have to show and, and, and clarity. You got to speak with clarity. Like, okay, well, how are we going to prove God is real? Okay, we'll use a cosmological argument. We'll right. use a theological argument. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Christians, that's how we talk. When we evangelize, we yeah. have to be like, okay, 
um, you know, the swoon theory um, in regards to Christ's resurrection and, and really being detailed. So that's why that, that's the framework I'm working from. So when we get into these um, social discussions, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, OK, sorry, help me out here. Mm. Um, how are how are you defining institution? Well, an institution, you know, like, well, family's an institution. Yeah. The church is an institution. Mm-hmm. The government's an institution. Which one and which policy mm-hmm. are you looking at and how it works? So uh, I say all that to say that um, when people bring up ideas of institutional racism mm-hmm. and systemic racism or oppression, I'm like, okay, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm willing to listen. So I'm not dismissive of it. Yeah. I'm not dismissive of it because that would be ungracious. Yeah. Right, that like that, like that would be ungracious for me to just say, "Oh, it doesn't exist." Right. Yeah. No. That 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 that's not that's not how 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 I'm allowed to conduct myself as a Christian. I have to be like, okay, I'm assuming you are being honest and that you're telling me the truth and mm-hmm. that this thing is really hurting you. Show me. Help me. Is that? I don't know if that answers your. Question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. And I'm assuming, that, like you said, when it comes to topics of race, mm-hmm. it gets you into a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, well, again, <laughs> part of it is just because I'm always asking for clarity. Yeah. And then people get annoyed because they're just like, well, it's obvious. Like, what do you mean? What do you keep, why do you keep asking? But I'm like, well, uh, like, I, I want I want to be clear. Um, you know, the Bible passage that says, you know, by his stripes we were healed. Yeah. But the whole time I thought he had his, Jesus had a striped jacket. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was lashes. Right. Like, it took me a long time to figure out his lashes. The whole time I'm thinking, oh, why his stripes were healed? I'm like, oh, Jesus had a striped jacket. Well, how do I think? You know what I mean? Right. I really believe Jesus had a striped jacket, and then the woman touched his jacket. Yeah. And it was probably a nice jacket, and she was healed. So I was always believing that. Yeah. Um. So for me, like, like I said, like, certain connections, it's hard for me to make. So sometimes I have to let people know, like, look, man, like, I'm, I'm not as smart as I look. You know, or as I He's pretend to smarter. be, or, or or I'm not as smart as I pretend to be on the podcast. You know what I mean? So, so it's just one of those things, just clarifying that. But generally, again, I try to um, look for solutions. So, mm-hmm. anybody, I'll give you guys a tip if you're getting in a conversation with me, um, how to navigate that. So, I'm very big on solutions, like I said. So, if we're going to talk about social justice and systemic racism or anything i'm all about solutions man like yeah. you know point out the problem and let's work together and get to the solutions yeah the problem is we never get to talk about solutions mm-hmm. we only argue about the problem and that's what's annoying especially mm-hmm. within the christian um circles where there's a lot of you know dispute and i love arguments i love disputes yeah um but it never gets past the point of what the problem is versus um like let's talk about solutions because once you get to once you start talking about solutions, mm-hmm. then it gets to a point of, and now it comes about now the conversation is about economics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because as Christians, uh, you know, and, and and for those of you guys who don't know, and I guess I'm I'm just assuming, but just to be clear, um, so like within you know the reformed circle of Christianity, reformed, yes, yeah, um, reformed. That's the doctrines of grace, like Calvinistic in their thinking, um, divine election, big God theology. Um, guys like uh, James White, Tom Buck. I'll throw my boy Sam Say in there. Give him a shout out. <laughs> give my guy Sam Say a shout out. Um, yeah, so you have the John MacArthur mm-hmm. and those guys who are saying no to social justice. Daryl Daryl Harrison. 
as another good guy. They're saying no social justice? No, no. So, so they're saying no to social justice. Are they saying social justice? Are they defining social justice as... As what? Uh, uh, well, well, well. They're against their counterparts um, pushing the agenda of social justice um, and social justice. Um, so they'll use the term. So we'll use the term um, like they're like it's like I, you know because they hate using the term Marxist in nature. Yeah. But I only say Marxist in nature um, in regards to the the ideology of classism. Okay. Right, so you know, yeah. So, so we're talking about. Um, so, just to be clear, so the audience can follow along. So, I, I usually I'll characterize, I'll, I'll categorize it as team woke, team and team spoke. Team woke and team spoke. Right. Okay. Team woke, team spoke. So uh, MacArthur and those conservative guys, um, Daryl Harrison and those guys, um, they're I would call them team spoke. So they're very what has God spoken. Okay. That's it. What has God spoken? And that's it. We, we don't go above the line. We don't go under the line of scripture. Um, for team woke, it's like, um, so that's like um, Pastor uh, Eric Mason, um, Anthony Bradley, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Gray, uh, Akemeni um, from Truth's Table. Okay. Um, it's uh, four black women. Uh, podcast for, for black women it's more uh, social justice um and a bunch of others um so so they're saying um let's 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 uh, ident- let's let's help these people let's help um fix um the inequality we see in society mm-hmm. um so so that's where the dispute is between um these uh, within the reformed camp Okay. And I and, and I would say the reason why it's it's within the reformed camp is because I think reformed people are argumentative in nature. Yeah. Um, because you know you wouldn't be reformed. We wouldn't have the Reformation today if um, Martin Luther wasn't argumentative. Mm. If he wasn't confrontational, mm. right? Like we wouldn't we wouldn't be here as the, you know people are like well I'm not reformed. Well yeah because of because of the because of the Reformation you're here now today. We're yeah. not Catholic. Yeah. Why you you have freedom to be Pentecostal or non-denominational, even though it's no such thing as a non-denomination. Yeah, for sure, um, they're all Baptist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so it's because of reformers why you know Christians can freely practice whatever denomination they want today. But just in nature, um, because they're very heavy um, exegetically and drawing a line and holiness and, and God's sovereignty. Do you have it breeds a ground of argumentation and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, um, we're okay with that. But the problem is that it never gets to the point of conversation. Okay. That's, you know? that's the important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it never, get, it never gets to that point. It's always just talking about the, um, it's always more so like arguing about the offense of not believing like, you know, team woke is like, well, how could you not believe this? You guys are, um, being disobedient uh-huh. and team spoke is like what how could you believe that yeah. you guys are being disobedient mm. you know as opposed to saying okay well here's we, a problem there's a solution man let's try to work it out yeah and, and it's funny to me because it's just like uh, you know james white um who you know is an apologist um and he's um team team spoke um he he's a debater 
Mm-hmm. Like that's what he that's what he does. Yeah. You know how some people are preachers, some people are theologians and they teach in a classroom, yeah. like Professor Carter. Like James White, his thing is like he travels the world and he debates people. Right. Muslims, uh Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. James is going at them. But there hasn't been a debate scheduled within this little Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't it? They, you know, you're like, you know, he'll, you know, a, a debate will happen with a Muslim. Yeah. A debate will happen with a Mormon, a Jehovah Witness, or Seventh Day Adventist. But not with this non Christians. Like, 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 he'll debate, you know, there's debates with non Christians. But you're like, wait a minute. So, how come you haven't even debated guys within the camp, you know, within yeah. the Reform camp um, over these issues? So, that's when you know something is wrong. Mm. Um, now, you know, James White is very intimidating. Um, it's because he's a bald head. <laughs> as his ball had his goatee no but <laughs> his bow tie is very typically no but uh james white um has he champions the spirit of uh floyd money mayweather <laughs> you know what i mean like like you you, you know what i like mean he knows yeah. he's gonna win huh he knows he's gonna well, win like, man well you know what it is man it's 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 a beautiful thing and it's not a bad thing you know james white it's not a bad thing to have the spirit of money mayweather yeah um in that, for, you know, for those who who know or don't know, um, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, says, "Hey, look, man, like, well, actually, no, I for for those people who really know boxing, they they're they're gonna disagree with me because they'll say, yo, Floyd Mayweather ducks fights and sets up <laughs> fights, but <laughs> but well, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation, right? <laughs> but generally, it's like, okay, well, um, you know where to find me." Yeah, I'll fight anybody, yeah. anytime, anywhere. Yeah, um, I I run from no one. So if fifty and 0, 40 uh, and 0. Yeah, yeah, you know. So he he's undefeated. Um, but again, just or or just or just champions the spirit of a boxer or a mm. fighter, mm. MMA fighter, um, that says, yo, like, uh, you know my people, you yeah. have my number, give me a call, or like, oh, I, I keep calling IJ's camp. Yeah, yeah, I keep call- IJ, man, I'm calling you. Shout out to Khabib Namagiraf. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just like, yeah, man. Like you know, I'm calling your camp, and you guys are ducking me. Yeah. So the audience is just like, wait. So IJ Darnell's, you know, his camp is calling your camp, and you're not responding. So now you got to do a press conference and say, okay, well, do you accept my invitation to fight? Right. And if you say no, well, then that's there's wrong. then that's a problem because you're like, wait a minute. So wait, I thought you were the best. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, thought, wait, so what, you have the right answer. What are you doing? What are you yeah. doing as an MMA fighter? Or a yeah. fight? Like you're not a fighter, you're a lover, and you need to go make an R and B album. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's exactly it, we 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 get that sentiment. Okay. And so James White champions that that sentiment. He's just like, look, man, you guys know where to find me. You guys know. You guys know what. You know, James White's be like, you guys know where to find me. You guys know what I'm about. You guys know my record. I'm 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 43 and oh. Like he's like, I debate Muslims, I debate Mormons. He's like, yo, T Mook, like come at yo, come at me. Yeah. You know, I'll set it up. And you know, I, you know James like sends his notes. He sends, he his, sends notes. his notes ahead of time. Yeah, he sends his notes. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. This guy's like, no, like, yo, his debates are the best. And like, and he's always about um giving the audience clarity. Okay. So he'll always make sure that um the audience is getting the most out of it. Mm. So they'll say, okay, just for the sake of clarity. I'm going to send you my notes so you know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Because that's how confident he is yeah. um, in doing that. So it was just one of those things. I said, okay, well, there's a problem here. Because if James White, um, you know, is a debater and 
he hasn't debated any of these guys or none of these guys have responded to his call. And in fact, some some of them, um, like Jamar Tisby, um, and, who? Uh, Jamar Tisby. So he's he's part of Team Woke. Woke. Okay. Uh, he's uh, he part of the Witness. Um, so he has a podcast, uh, The Witness, him okay. um, and Tyler Burns. Um, so, you know, James White has extended an invitation to them, and they've exercised the option to not respond, and not yeah. and not respond because it, I guess it's giving him um, a pl- uh, platform um, to to spew his rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, they were saying that. Um, they would prefer a phone call behind closed doors. Who would James White? Uh, no, no. Um, Tyler Burns. Oh, okay. uh, he would prefer um, like a one-to-one. Yeah, yeah, one-to-one. Like... Um, behind closed doors. Um, but that seems like a wise idea. Yeah, yeah, it's wise. But but even even as a public figure, and you know, and our and our and our beliefs and our convictions are not private. We're it's, it's right. a public confession, and you're a public figure. So if if you're gonna make public statements, yeah. you gotta address those things in the public. Sure. You know what I mean? So I I think that was. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't really a fan of him when he said that. Mm. Um, I, you know, I I, 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 like Jamar Tisby. Um, he, he's part of the reason why I want to be a teacher and why I want to go into the profession. Mm. Um, uh, but J- Jamar Tisby was more so like, um, yeah, just don't, 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 don't deal with those guys altogether. Don't go to their conferences. Don't listen to their lectures. Just avoid those guys altogether. Really? Yeah. Why? But again, because well, part of it is like he probably he was probably assuming that the um, the danger of his teachings would spread further, so he didn't want to give um, like um, a James White a platform hmm. uh, to. That's weird. That's strange. Why you say that? Uh, that's 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 one of those things where I'm like, if if a man or a woman for that matter has this has let's say a dangerous idea, I think the way to deal with it is not. It, the, the way to deal with it is to actually give them a platform so that if the idea is truly dangerous or st- stupid, then you can shut it down there and then. But if you don't give it a platform, then you're saying, okay, there's something that they're saying that I'm very scared of and I don't want people to know because it might be so powerful that it might convince a whole group of people. So the more you do that, it seems you push it underground. The more you push it underground, there's an underbelly that grows. And the next thing you know, it's like a huge movement. The best thing, I'm assuming, uh, what's his name? Jamar? Uh, Jamar Tisby. Jamar Tisby. It would be, hey, give him a platform. Let's talk. If James White, if he can't debate and if he's wrong, then everyone can see it. And then be like, okay, maybe we have to rethink it. But mm-hmm. not giving someone a platform, it'd be like, say I disagreed with you, right? So I'm, say I said, you know, um, say I was not a social conservative. And said, oh, man, I don't want to talk to Darnell. He's black and he's a social conservative. I don't want other black people to become social conservatives. So I'm not going to give Darnell a platform on the podcast. That just seems like a terrible idea to me. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. It seems better to be like, okay, I don't agree with Darnell at all. Let's just say I know that some people might be convinced by the things that he says. But you know what? I'm going to try my best to. Not get uh, tried to try my best to give my side of the presentation so that more people are convinced that mm-hmm. this side is true. Yeah, yeah, and so it it was just um, you know so you know and and you know the witness because the witness used to be uh, the Reformed African American Network it used to be known as RAN, 
R A A N, Reformed African American Network. Okay. And so um, I was down with it. Okay. I was down with, with with the cause um, because I, you know, I'm Reformed. Not a, um, I'm I'm not um, American, um, but African American Network. And it was basically um, a um, uh, a lane for Reformed Black men. Okay. Because there aren't much of us in the camp. Um, it's not a it's not a common. Um, yeah, actually, it's is that is that is that true? Is it's not very common? Oh no, it's not. It's rare. It's a rare really? thing Why to be that? a black reform guy. Why? Um, Do you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know. I, I, well, I know. I'm asking. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, no. It's yo. You know what? You know what? Praise God because the conversation's going in the right direction. Um, and it's still flowing in line with the first question you asked me, being a black conservative. Yeah. So, um, the conservative perspective in theology huh. is being reformed. Okay. That's that's a reform. That's a reform thing to be conservative. Okay. That's a reform camp. Um, and so the liberal oh gosh, oh boy, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. <laughs> They'll be like, What? You coon? <laughs> right? So, this this nigga here. That's what you're gonna say. <laughs> uh, so uh so the, the liberal um side of theology, you know, would be more Pentecostal. Okay. Uh, more, more. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. More charismatic. Yeah. More Pentecostal. Yeah. More, yeah. More like free spirited. Yeah. More free spirited. Um, you know, no manuscript. No man, manuscript. Yeah. No manuscript in the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, look, man, God put this on my heart. I wrote something. <laughs> what the pastor said. I wrote say, something, but I wrote something. Not actually. Yeah, but use God. This. Yeah, but God. But God told me something just now before I came to the pulpit. So, you know, bye bye seminary, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh, then you start you start preaching, you start preaching uh, by the spirit. But so so that would be the the liberal camp, and most most blacks come out of that. Now, one of the reasons was the conservative schools were not letting blacks in. What? Yeah. So 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 like. So are we talking about like? Not now, oh, not now, okay. but in the past. Yeah. Um. You know, these conservative reform schools were not letting blacks in. We're talking about like seminaries. Yeah, seminaries. Okay. Yeah, they were not letting blacks really? in. So yeah, so blacks were. Um, get into theology so, from seems like a stupid idea to do yeah well you know you know it's just, you know it's just it's just a reflection of the time period that that they were in right you know and and, and there were you know many reformed um, guys who owned slaves mm-hmm. um so yeah so so for blacks you know we're coming up um in a more charismatic um theological environment yeah like most of us most of us um um did and so that would be the more liberal. So, so when so when Jamar Tisby and those guys started, um, um, the Rand Network, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, it resonates with me because yeah. I, I was there, um, and so eventually they they changed direction, they rebranded, uh huh, became the witness, and became the witness, and kind of changed their approach, okay, um, subtly to really. It became a bit more social justice Okay. And so, you know, at that point, you know, and, and that's why I got to know Jamar Tisby and um, Tyler Burns through as Rand guys um, and through the conversation. And so, you know, I still have a respect for them. I still mm-hmm. love them. I still enjoy uh, their talks and their approach. Um, so, you know... You know, they're they're not. You know, I'm not going to say that they're not Christians or they're yeah. not brothers in the Lord, or I haven't learned from them, or I'm not still learning from them. It was just one of those little nuances. I said, "Wait, there's something up here that um, that 
that you know these guys are avoiding the con- the, the the confrontation okay in that so like not 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 to um, stereotype black people so i'll just talk about my experience um but uh, you know what i mean you know i don't want to do that but i uh, like for example um you know our culture like like black culture in general like popular black american culture hip-hop culture is very confrontational mm-hmm. um we have dance-offs yeah right like the movie set uh um you got served yeah right you know um, and you're, you're you're basically like, oh, okay, we have the best dance crew. Yep. No, we have the best dance crew. Well, what if the one dance crew said, okay, well, we're not showing up because, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're too good for you. Yeah, or, or you know what I mean? Or, you know, I don't want anybody to see your dance move because it might be, you know, bringing the country down or something. Yeah. You know, so you, so you have, um, you know, dance-offs. Um, you have rap battles. You have rap battles. Right, Which you I always oh, wanted to do. As oh, a kid. oh, oh, man, yeah, I can't, oh, I can't even rap though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, but you, had, but you had, you know, you know, you have different guys doing the thing. Uh, but that's very confrontational. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, it's oh, it, it doesn't get more confrontational than that. You know, guys do man, homework. Ru- some of them are just ruthless. Yeah, yeah, where dudes are doing the homework on you, and they're like, okay, they know your mom has cancer. Yeah, they know that you know you're illegitimate. Oh, bro, <laughs> hey, yo, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's it's very confrontational, even in our sports. Um, basketball, which is you know you know predominantly black sport, Raptors. But, yeah, well, yeah, you'll shout out to the Raptors to play game one tonight. You know, praise God. Uh, but like you know, in basketball, um, there's a there's this thing that we call um putting a man on an island, where you'll come down. It's five on five. For those who don't know, basketball's five on five, and you'll come down. And if I have the ball and you're guarding me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, look, man, and a, you know, a coach will my coach will say, expose this guy. I'm like, all right, I'm waving off my guys. I'm waving off. My four. What? I'm waving off, telling them to go to the side. So that you can like... Get you one-on-one where you have no help. So that the other four guys have to follow those other four guys. So now it's just me and you. And then I'm going to do some kind of move to put you on your butt, break your ankle, put you on your butt, dunk on you and humiliate you. And we know this because when you watch those uh, hoop mixtape and all that stuff, um, Ball is Life, you know, when guys get humiliated or embarrassed... What do black people do? They start running across the court. They just, you know, the whole place just goes crazy, right? So it's a very confrontational culture. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting you say that. What do you mean? Because I, I like, I've never thought of it that way. So it, there's this, um, there's this brown dude down in the states, mm-hmm. basketball player. Mm-hmm. I think he plays street. Mm-hmm. Very skilled. Mm-hmm. He dresses up as Aladdin. Yeah. Something okay. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he goes up to these street ballers like, yeah. oh. Hey, I just want to play ball, man. I just want to play ball. Yeah. And like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. He's like, please. And then he'll grab the ball yeah. and he does these weird. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. usually with black guys that yeah. play with. And then yeah. they get so pissed off. They go like yeah. sucker punch him. Yeah. Like, oh, man, this is crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it's, it's very confrontational. Even just like, you know, with gang fights and gang wars and things like that. Um, it, it's, just, it's a very confrontational culture, which is a beautiful thing. Like confrontation is a beautiful thing. Done so, well. Yeah, without yeah. killing someone. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, without killing somebody. But it's just, but it's just part of the nature of the of the beast, where you're just like, look, man, if you open your mouth and you talk reckless, yeah, I remember talking reckless in school, yeah. and you know, but you know, someone heard about it, yeah, and they're like, okay, well, I'll see you after school, yeah, like we're going, well, I'll just settle this, yeah, you know what I mean, and you just get into a fight, and that's it. Um, so it was it was just weird to me that maybe I don't know, maybe they didn't grow up. Like in those cultures, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to stereotype these guys or put them anywhere. But no, but it was just like one of those things. Like, yo, man, everybody knows you don't you don't duck. 
you don't duck anybody. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. I don't duck anybody. Even if I, even if I have to take an L, I'm not ducking. Like if people, if if I just, you know what I mean? If I just talking, if any, you know, now that I'm on, the, I have a podcast and people, somebody, you know, Jamar Tisby might be like, oh, Darnell, who's this guy? Darnell, <laughs> yo, Darnell, man, yo, this man, come on, man. You know, and you know he's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And you know what, Darnell, why? You know what? Let, let's debate. Yeah, let's debate. You know, and I'm like, well, I can't, I can't say no. Yeah, I can't run. Like, like, come on, you know that? Yeah, my show's over. Like, <laughs> stop listening to me. Like, yeah. yeah, unsubscribe. If I'm ducking, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, so it's just one of those things. Like, is this? Do you think this is built in within North uh, North American Africans? Um, uh, African American, African uh, American, Canadians, or what? Yeah, I well, use American. Yeah. I'm going to use American. Yeah, Americans, yeah, because they're American. Yeah. yeah, but what are you saying? Is this a built-in thing? Only within the um, black community in North America, or is this the case with? Would you think? Um, yeah, like well, in Central Africa or something. Oh like well, I, I think it's a part of American culture to, to be, be confrontational. Yeah, to be confrontational, to be showing off, okay. to upstage people, okay. to be better than somebody. Huh. So look, very simple. This is a very good example. Um, look at the way um, we play, like soccer. Right, you know how soccer or football is being played. It's yeah. a, you know it's played as a as a team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really individualistically done. Um, but like so, like for basketball, um, we play basketball in North America. Um, it's very individual based, one on one isolation. Put a man on an island, expose him, embarrass him. But when players go to Europe, their basketball functions like soccer. Really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. yeah. The system functions like soccer players. It's like a, it's very team team oriented. Team oriented. Pass the ball. Cut. Playing triangles. Teamwork. Team. Yo, that's why I quit playing soccer in the first place. <laughs> like I'm six years old, and they're like, pass the ball. I'm like, pass the ball. Like, yo, wait. wait the scores are like two, three. I'm like, that's not enough points for me. I'm like, yo, man, I need, I need, I, I need the spotlight. That's yeah. why I started playing basketball. I need the spotlight. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do this team thing. It's just very frustrating. Hockey. I can't. You know. Yeah, I, I need to put my man on an island, expose him, and show his mom why she needs to take him out of this league. <laughs> like, that's my whole thing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm coming for blood. And that's why I enjoy boxing. You know, it's just one of those things like, look, man, I'm, I'm going to kill there's this no guy. There's no hiding. There's no hiding, man. No hiding. So, so it's similar in basketball. There's no hiding. No. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. It's one of those I'm things. I'm being educated on basketball right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. They'll put you. Oh, you get put on an island. I, I've been put on an island. It's, yeah, and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when guys will put you on island where they'll just wave you off and just and just do something to humiliate you in front of your people. Right. You know, so again, but I think I think it's just, you know, just us being um showy people. Okay. Um and individualistic and it shows up in our sports, shows up in the way we our music, especially with rap music and you know, diss tracks. Um yeah, it's just that that's the best part of rap is the diss track. You know? This track is when they're dissing another rapper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like, that's the best part because you're like, wait a minute, man. You'll keep my name out your mouth. You know, da 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 da. And, and you know, and they, you know, who could outdo who. So it's, it's a beautiful thing when you really look at it. So. There's, there's something else that um, when we're talking about systemic racism mm-hmm. and you're mentioning that a fam- family's institution, right? Family is an institution yes. of some sort. You have this thing that, um, what do you call it? Black love ethic, black ethic love, black oh, love ethic. Oh, bla- black love ethic, yes. Black love ethic, mm-hmm. where you you talk about how after emancipation, there mm-hmm. were there were black families, there were two parent black more two parent black families after mm-hmm. slavery ended than yeah after the nineteen sixties yeah 
and you were talking about how we have to recover family. Is it, am, I, am I putting words in your mouth? No, no. Um, I, like, what, what? Can you explain what Black Love Ethic is? Okay. Yes. In terms of the, in, ter- in regards to like institution and you know the general. Yeah. So just you know, so like yeah, I wrote an article, um, on my blog called High End Theories. If you wanted to check it out, um, so it was called the article is called Black Love White Lies. That's right. That's what it's called. Yeah. 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 yeah black Black Love White Lies, and then we were basically talking about um, I was talking about uh, the Black Love Ethic. So it's essentially. There's a right way uh, a black relationship is supposed to look. So a subjective morality seen as an objective morality. It flows out of the unique experience of blacks from the African diaspora. Mm. So the popular narrative is that black love ethic combats the hate black men and black women were taught to have for themselves during slavery. Uh, this is what ruined black relationships. But um, I would argue it was it has been the departure from marriage and the principles it embodies uh, that has led to the deterioration of the black family in the present day. Okay. So this, does this, did this play into when you became a social conservative and you're looking at the family and you, I believe Tom Sowell talks about this. Mm -hmm. Does he? Did it play into your change in perspective? Uh, What, what? Uh, The idea of, the the, the idea family? of family, uh, well, no, no, that, that that's that's a Christian thing, man. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it, yo, that, I I got that from the Bible, so like, <laughs> shout out to the Bible, yeah, <laughs> shout out to the shout out to Jesus, you know, <laughs> Jesus, praise God. Um, so, um, yeah, so basically, the family is well, you know, socially, it's 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 the foundation of 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 a, of a culture mm. of, of society. Mm. Uh, the family is important because you know the family produces um, people, and you, if you produce good people, as with you know two parents home, this is probably the most healthiest situation. Um, keeps you out of poverty, um, and it's healthy for a, a child to have um, both the mom and dad in the home, so that when the kid goes out in the world, you know, you know, you raise with manners and you go out into the world and and be productive. My you know my mom and dad, um, they weren't the most educated. Um, but they always told me that, you know, manners will get you far. Mm. You know, you go into someone's house, you say good morning, good afternoon, good night. You say please and thank you. Mm. Um, and to this day, it's a habit. Like I can't like, you know, it's almost like I can't like, I've, like I always say please and thank you. I always say please and thank you. You know, good morning, good night, good afternoon. Yeah. Um, and that'll take you far in life. Like, yes, like, you know, you can, if you're not, if you don't have manners and you're smart, that it only gets you so far. Uh, but anyways, I, I so the, the idea of the family from the biblical concept is this. The first family is, family starts at marriage. Right? So a man marries a woman and you guys become a family. Mm. Um, and like, so a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. So that leaving and cleaving is a change of allegiance. Okay. For those of you guys who, so you know, those married couple, you got y'all, or those of you who are about to get married, I'm giving you some uh, marriage counseling in this one right here. So it's a leaving and cleaving. You're changing. Um, it's a change of allegiance. Okay. So um, th- you're changing your last name. Hmm. So, you know, my wife, Tyra, was a Jackson. Yeah. 
and now she is a Samuels. Yeah. So, so she, her allegiance is no. So people say, oh well, I want to keep, I want to hyphenate my name. Yes. I want to do this well. I want to do this well. Part of it is Tyra's allegiance. That last name Jackson is a, her allegiance to her father. Hmm. Her dropping her father's last name and taking mine yeah. is changing her allegiance from her father to me. Hmm. So now we become our own entity. Hmm. Um, I am no longer attached to my parents. They're no longer my family. Uh, Tyra's mom and dad are no longer her family. We are a new entity. We are a family. This is why you tell your out your 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 in laws, um, you know that you can, you can say with pride, yeah, you got to leave my home. Hmm. You're not allowed over here anymore. Hmm. <laughs> we were like, oh, really? That way? Praise God! <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it's it, it's a change of allegiance. Now I say all that to say that. Okay, so what about a couple who's living together and not married mm. and they have children? Well, they're not a family. Okay. Um, so. What if it's a married couple and a dog? You're a family. Okay. Because it's a change of allegiance. You guys are. You, okay. Um, you guys are a family. You want to know how you're family? Mm. Because um, you are. You guys are sharing the same last name, right? right? So it's under this, the, the one title. Uh-huh. Um, but for those people who aren't married, um, you guys are, yeah, you guys are not a family. Okay. You guys are friends. You guys are friends. Hence the term boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So now we've, now we've progressed to partners, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend. So, okay. So, you, so why would you say that? Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, uh, and then they have a kid, mm-hmm. right? Live together, let's say 10 years, mm-hmm. have three kids. Mm-hmm. You would say it's not a family. Um, I'm saying it's not a family in the sense that it isn't like in the essence okay. of what is now. Of course, yeah, you know, you have the kids. Yeah, you know, everybody's, you know, playing the role. But I'm saying like the essence okay. of, of, of what true family is and when, when does it actually start? Because you'll have married couples who don't have kids. Yeah. And, you know, people look at them, well, you're not a family. You're just a boyfriend and girlfriend yeah. who just happen to have a piece of paper. No, that's wrong. Okay. So what do you mean what do you what do you mean by marriage then? So is it, is it are you are you saying you're not a family or you're a family under a biblical um a, a covenant understanding covenant. of it's a covenant. It's just a covenant. Yeah, so so okay. yeah, yeah. So you've made a covenant. Um, Does this apply across board? To across all, the board, yeah. All religions, yeah, because marriage is for everybody. Okay. Um, not yeah. not everybody in like homosexuality, but everybody, um, in all cultures, all, all cultures, all cultures, because okay. all cultures have been practicing it from the beginning of time, okay. mm-hmm. and God has given that as a gift for us to okay. maintain our love for each other. Um, so, so again, like all I'm saying is that that the the essence is, you know, husband and wife. You guys are no longer boyfriend and girlfriend because you guys are sharing the same family name. Um, usually, you know, the wife takes her husband's name because mm-hmm. she's changing her allegiance. What if a guy takes a, the girl's name? Um, okay, and that's fine too because the principle the principle is still there. But even then, as a woman, would you really want a man who doesn't take that seriously? But anyways, take you know, would you really want a man who's going to give that? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's up to you. You know what I mean. To, you know, <laughs> if, if you're the woman who's, you know, you're gonna tell your man to, you know, drop his family last name. You know, and, uh, again. But uh, at some point, you know, in in a marriage, um, somebody is leading. Okay. You know, both leading both it, people le- leading both, is in what sense? Uh, both people. Um, so like it's a covenant. So one person calls the other into a covenant. 
The person who calls a person into a covenant is leading because you're taking the initiative to say that I'm going to uh, bring you into this relationship and I'm taking responsibility for it. Okay. So usually it's the man who gets on his knee and buys the ring. Mm-hmm. So he's taking the initiative to say, I'm, I'm going to be responsible for maintaining this covenant. Okay. okay. Right? Um, so, so I, yeah, so that's where the essence of the family begins, um, leaving and cleaving um, and becoming your own entity as a family um, under that one name. And that's why I'm not too much of a fan of hyphenating mm. a name because, again, again, the well, the hyphenated name is like, well, your allegiance still to... Your whole family. Your whole family. Your, your for the woman, you know, your allegiance is to your dad. So is is so you, even even like even the flip 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 the argument yeah. for a woman, you know, who's my allegiance to my mom or my wife? Now the ladies already know the answer to that because you know nobody wants a mama's boy, you know, no woman wants that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm gonna say, oh well, you know, that's what's ruining some marriages, right? You you, mm. you know, like oh, you know, my husband listens to his mom too much, and his yeah. mom comes in, and you know, if there's argument. You know, you know, he holds his mom higher, but you know, it, right? So the woman sees the argument on the other flip side. She's like, "Yeah, I, I hate, I hate his mom." <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So even at that point, like showing that allegiance, yes, you do it in name, but you also have to do it in practice. Mm-hmm. So like, even mm-hmm. for my wife and my mom, I have to draw that line. Yeah, like it, it, it comes there, and I'm yeah. sure for you too, is it comes the line where you're like, "Okay, look, mom, you need to back off." Yeah, you, you talk to my wife like that again, you will not see her, you will not see the kid anymore. You know, when you come in my house, you respect her. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing um, um, for the um, the wife and her husband and her dad. Yeah. Or her or her husband and her mom. It's, again, it's, it's that allegiance. So you become husband and wife. And then when you're not married, mm-hmm. and even though you're living together, and even yeah. though you have kids, yeah. you're still a boyfriend and girlfriend. You're not husband and wife. You're not okay. a family. So because you guys aren't sharing that name. Right. So do you think that this, that there's a, what's the word? an undercutting of marriage within black communities? No. No. No, no, no. I wouldn't say there's no undercutting. I'd like to say there's a lot of single-parent homes. Single-parent homes. Um, but I, I think I think part of it, too, is... I think, like, I, think I, I mentioned that in my well, article. So why is there a lot of single parents? Um, well, I think I mentioned this in my, um, my Black Love, White, Black Love, White Lies um, article. Um, so I was just basically saying that uh, the reason why there's a lot of single parent or single mothers um, raising kids yeah. and no black men in the home, I think, um, man, you know, stereotypes are a dangerous thing. Yeah. Uh, po- popular black culture can can be a dangerous thing, and that there's an over sexualization within the black community and with black men. Sexualization. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Over sexualization. So like, of, uh, uh, um, of black men. Oh. So um, okay. looked at as a sex- sexual object. So you know. You know, there's 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 good stereotypes and then there's bad stereotypes. You know, you know, like certain ones work to your favor. Okay. Um, and you know, coming back, you know, starting from you know, you know, slavery and you know, black men being looked at as subhuman. Okay. Um, they're more like animals. Mm. Um, they are forbidden fruit. You know. Mm. Um, and even like you know, just getting talking sexually, you know, there's a there's um. You know, there's a, a, a mystique to that, um, an erotic mystique to that, where it's just like, okay, um, big hands. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I, I want, I want, I want, I want a sexual experience that yeah. transcends being human. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Okay. okay. You know, I'm not, without without you know, because I know there's kids listening. You know, I know I know there's kids listening. You know what I mean? So 
don't, I don't want to be a stumble block to anybody. We got to put a, a warning in the intro. Like, hey, man, this is stumble block free, man. If you struggle with poor men, this is not. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, but essentially, you know, there's a over-sexualization mm-hmm. of black men. Um, and some buy into that narrative. Like fully buy into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. well, why not? Oh, you mean the you mean black black men? men yeah. Oh, yeah. Why okay. not? Okay. You know, like why not buy in? You know what I mean? Like it's one of those stereotypes. Like, oh, you know, you know, women approaches. You know, women approach you, and they're like, "I wonder what it's like." And you're like, "Oh, that's just a stereotype. Don't stereotype me. Get away from me, you sexy woman." <laughs> You know what I mean? No one's saying that. You know, dudes don't dudes, dudes don't talk like that. They'd be like, "Oh shoot, well yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know how it is." Yeah, you know. How, <laughs> come on, girl. You know, I mean, come on. You don't gotta say all that. You know. Just, okay, what's your number? All right, cool. What time can I call you? All right, cool. All right. You know, and and, and it's just like, um, it's just an ins- you know, sex. You know, lust is an insatiable appetite, mm. um, and it gets the best of us all, not yeah. just black people, but yeah. it's dangerous when you're playing with, um. An over-sexualization of a people, um, and you buy into that, yeah. and you know, when everybody's buying into it, okay. it, it leads to a lot of indulgence. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's not hard to make children. Not very hard. You know it's what I mean? It's not. You know, seconds. yeah, it's not hard. You know what I mean? It's just you know, you you, you know, you you lie down with somebody, and then yeah. you wake up, and then you're like, oh, frig, like, shoot. So I I say all that to say that, um. Single parent homes is the reason why you see more single parent homes is because yeah people aren't marrying before they have sex. Mm. Um, you know men aren't. Um, Do you think it's that men aren't being responsible? Yeah, or or yeah, or loving or loving um the woman appropriately, okay, um, and honoring her with with the ring, and 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 it goes both ways because for women as well, like, um, you know. Because of, you know, the condom, the invention of the condom yeah. and contraceptive, you know, it, it incentivizes more sex. You know, when there was no when there was no contraception, you know, people were careful. People yeah. were like, you know, okay, you know, you know, you mess around, you might get pregnant and then yeah. you're in trouble. But now, you know, it kind of gives way. So on the woman's side, you know, the contraception gives way um, to that as well. So, but part of it essentially is, you know, people aren't getting married so they're having more casual sex okay. and because you have casual sex you have more babies out of wedlock uh-huh. um yeah then, so so i i really believe it's, it's just um you know that 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 stigma that that's attached to black men and the over sexualization um and that you know you're having more sex casual sex and you know you're being born out of wedlock and it's just one of those things like you know i talk with my wife about it all the time and i'm like man like this is crazy you know within and I, you know what i you know what i'll even go further like I'm not even going to talk about other black people. Forget that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about them because you know what? Not all black people are the same. Yeah. You know, not, I mean, you know, not yeah, it's different experience. Yeah. 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 Not people are the same, but I could talk about my family mm. and I could talk about her family mm-hmm. and I could talk about our extended family. Yeah. And that's our narrative. Yeah. Like that. I don't know about, I don't know about other black people, but I know that's our narrative. Like yeah. it, there's just a lot of that within our circle um, of our, of our um, families. So again, like marriage is, Marriage is key and it's foundational um, for the family. So because like when a man says, I'm going to marry you, like he's saying, okay, well, no, I'm going to be faithful to you. That's it. There's going to be no other person. We're going to work together to build wealth and, and raise these kids right. But yeah, now you have a bunch of single parent moms raising kids. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, you know, we don't got to get into the stats and the, the harm that it causes when, when there's no dad in the home. Um, 
but I want to I want to nuance that this point real quick because um, in my article I talk about uh, the achievers, yeah, um, the non-achievers, and the, and the deviant, deviant um, from Carl Ellis Carl Ellis Jr. Um, who's also um, a, a black reform a theologian mm. and social critic and um, his stuff is pretty helpful I've been finding. Um, so basically, he kind of gave this nuance. He says every every racial group has um, every racial group has these three categories. Yeah. Right. Um, of the, the achievers, non-achievers, and the deviant. Mm-hmm. And so, what ends up happening is um, that. So okay, let me okay. So let me define it. So the achiever um, values work as a means of getting ahead, uh, delayed gratification, uh, for the sake of a better future, and then the non-achiever um, devalues devalues work as a means of getting ahead, um, instant gratification, and disregards the future. And then then the third is the um the deviant who basically um rebels against the law yeah. because they're just like okay look man i don't have the skills and just screw the law i'm going to do my own thing to get yeah. ahead um every group has this the only difference is with black people um he says is that our deviant culture is popular culture okay and therefore we are defined by our minority so he says like every, every group has I'm an achiever because you know being achievers is is survival. Yeah. So we have every racial group has their surviving group and yeah. the ones that do well and the ones that pass down wealth and get it. Yeah. Um. So black people have a lot of achievers, but you wouldn't know that if you watch TV. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know that if you um if you follow Six Buzz on Instagram. What's that? Oh yeah, don't 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 follow yeah. it. <laughs> no no no. People be like, all right, let me take a look what they're talking about. <laughs> okay. but, but yeah like six buzz you know, like six buzz is a uh it's instagram page okay. and they po- post a lot of urban stuff within toronto from um oh. from toronto okay um and so some of the stuff is like some ratchet stuff and okay. and foolishness but but you know if, if, if you follow that you, you know what i mean that that's you're, yeah yeah so you're you're going you're not going to see a lot of achiever black achiever content in it interesting okay. you're going to see a lot of deviant underachiever balance mm. more so more um more underachiever so for example um an underachiever value um holding money up to your ear having a stack of money like a phone yeah like a phone holding money up to your ear to show how much money you got okay that's not necessarily deviant but it's underachiever okay because that money should be invested in something okay then this is some um, investment advice here. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean. So get some so, mutual funds. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, so yeah, like we achievers don't hold money up to their ear. Right. Um, achievers aren't concerned with what the latest shoe hmm. um, is. Delayed gratification. Yeah. Um, the an achiever, woman or male, doesn't lay down with somebody until um, they get married because one, you know, they family's important. Um, and two, that um, you don't want to be having kids out of wedlock. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I say all that to say that you know, with the single parent homes, I'm, I'm sure that it's not a majority thing among Black people that there are achievers. Um, but again, you know, there are people who underachieve, um, and just don't know any better. They're not. They're not deviant. Underachievers are not deviant. Um, so, for example. Not all achievers are rich. Yeah. So you have you have unachievers. You have achievers in the hood. Mm-hmm. You have achievers in government housing. But guess what? 
the achievers don't stay there, mm. right? Because they're they achievers. They may start there. Yeah, they may start there, or you know, tough times. You yeah. know, you know, you know, just just bad luck. God's providence, you know, just took you there. Um, you know, and you're in the hood. And you know, I remember, yeah, I remember growing up in government housing, mm. and um, and you know, my neighbor, um, you know, we all had like a like a plot of grass. Yeah, I grew I grew up in McCarty Court, and uh, they uh, there was, everybody had a plot of grass, yeah. and so like one of my neighbors was like he used to yell at us for walking on his grass. Uh-huh. I'm like, what the, I'm like, what do you mean for walking on your grass? Come on, man! Like this is McCarty Court. Who gives a rip? I don't care about freaking grass. Yeah, but what he what he he cared about the little property that he did have, yeah. like ownership. Mm-hmm. Like ownership was valuable to yeah. him. And guess what? He wasn't there very long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he wasn't there very long. And some people end up living there and you know, you know, they don't take care of their place, um, and so forth. So, you know, like underachiever values, you know, yeah, you yeah, you you don't you don't you don't pro progress. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you necessarily a bad person, it's just like you just don't know. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to stereotype black people to say that we're all um not, you know taking care of our kids um there's just some who are underachievers and, and like i said it's popular culture you know our deviant underachiever culture is popular culture mm. so solution would be to try to undercut that uh i mean no i don't, I don't think you can undercut it i don't, don't think, think so? no no because popular culture is because because um but can you make it unpopular no no you know why because it's sin and and sin sells mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're Christians. We you know, come on, man. You're not, you're not, yeah, you're not going to get rid of um, the enticement of sin. But you could, could you not emphasize, start emphasizing overachievers, the the attitude that overachievers have as a as a thing to strive towards? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good thing I'm to No. No, man, it's not, you know, being an achiever is, um, like, you know, when I got to talk from my mom and dad and they're like, Hey man, you know, like, you know, you're a black kid. Um, you know, the system is against you. Yeah. Um, that didn't motivate me to be an achiever. I just look, I was like, man, I'm not trying to work twice as hard. You know what I mean? Like to be a doctor, yeah, to be a lawyer for what, you know, I'm, I'm watching TV and you know, Iverson. Allen Iverson is in the NBA, all tatted up, chains. The ladies love him. He's six foot. He's actually probably like 5'11", weighs 160 pounds. He's like me. He's like a regular human being who's doing what he loves to do um, and doing it at a high level. Yeah. Um, or I could be a rapper. Um, you know what I mean? Um, just rap a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, carry on and say whatever I want and, and, and go far further. Like, like, like all, all those things are a lot more inter, um, entertaining and more appetizing to a, to a young mind. It, yeah. It's easier, you know, being a comedian, you know, getting on. I wanted to be a comedian, you know. I wanted to be on. Yeah, when I was a kid, man, I used to study it a bit. I was really thinking about doing that, um, you know. But then I became a Christian and, you know, I couldn't be swearing like that. So I, I got a potty mouth by nature. So I wanted, I really wanted to be on stage like saying, Mother F this, oh, this motherfucker, see these motherfuckers, oh, motherfucker, oh, man, I hate them, oh, motherfucker, oh, they, I love them, motherfucker. So that was, you know, that's how I used to talk. But I used to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be that comedian, like, oh, man, F these ninjas, oh, I hate them, these motherfuckers, step on my motherfucking shit. 
that's what I wanted to do, right? Like, so, so, like, you can see me as a kid, like, like, me telling me about systemic racism as a kid did not motivate me to want to go and work hard. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, man, I want to be on stage telling jokes at Martin Lawrence. I want to be on Def Comedy Jam. I want to be in the NBA. I want to be like Will Smith. Yeah. Look, I'm bringing up Will again. Like, you know, Will was a slacker, right? Chasing girls. Yeah. Will, Will was a slacker. Carlton was the hard worker, right? Oh, you mean from yeah, yeah, Fresh, Fresh Prince. Prince? Okay, I thought you were talking about real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so Will was a slacker in yeah. Fresh Prince, and Carlton was a hard worker. But then, when it's time to go to college, they ended up in the same place. Mm-hmm. So, how is Carlton getting straight A's and Will not, and they're ending up in the same place? Right. So, so for me, so I'm like, yeah, like you know, my mom's telling me you got to work twice as hard to get ahead. I'm like, twice as hard, man. After that. Like man, I'm trying to play basketball or rap or something, man. That's that's just too much work. Like, like, come on, man. That's that's you know that's that's like you know kids aren't stupid. Young people aren't stupid. Black yeah. people are not stupid. Yeah. You keep telling them like, yo, man, the world is against you. So what? So why you gonna you're gonna beat the world? You that one person? Mm. Come on, man. Like, you know, oh, look, Obama was president, two terms. What? Nothing changed. Mm. People don't change. Come on, man. Like, you know. He comes and goes. He's just, he's history now. Yeah. He's in the past. He's gone now. And now, you know, you know, people look to other things. Just comes and goes. So I don't think, I don't think that narrative can change. Okay. Um, the only way I see it changing is um, through Christ. Um, and Jesus Christ is the paradigm. Jesus is truth. So he's walking, talking, incarnate truth, mm. breathing truth. So based on the scriptures, the scriptures um, define your reality. Not TV. Mm. Um, not culture. Culture does not define your reality. Not even your skin color, the way people treat you. That does not define your reality. The scriptures do. Mm. And that's the only way you can break free from that bondage of um, popular culture. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. There's. You don't think there's any other way? Um, well, if you take okay. personal response, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. You know what? Okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll be gracious and say there's another way. Um, being um, pro-black, you know, being um, pro-black in that um, you really have to champion being black as the end in itself that has to be the paradigm okay. that you have to work from so yeah. you say so you say something like this um i want to because because of you know the social ills that's going on with black people i want to be the change i want to be that black man mm. i want to be that i want to be a good black man i i i want to i want to see black people do better i want i want i want i want black people to be kings i want black black people are kings black people are queens you're yeah. a queen you're a king uh um you know you know black is beautiful yeah light skin is sort of not but dark and being black is beautiful and being black and black and and that's the that's the end goal and that's and that's fine but you know what is the profit of man to gain the world and lose his soul mm. like uh, you know, it, it it it's 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 a motivation for some, but not a motivation for all. Um, it's funny because my wife was on that tip um, when she was in college. Okay. So when she was she was part of the Black Student Union. Yeah. And she was more militant in her thinking. And then she. Huh? Did you say your wife was black militant? Yeah, it was more militant. Yes. In college. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she was on that tip, um, real social justice before social justice was cool. Wow. Yeah, so my wife was on that tip and, you know, um, and, 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 and wanting to see black people as seen as respectable. Yeah. That was her thing. Like, you know, um, you know, wanting to see black people conduct themselves with dignity okay. and pride and, and, and be successful. And that was the motivation that, that spurred her to want to do good works and, and give back. Mm. Um, yeah, so so that, that that's where she was at, and I'm and I'm saying like you can still help out a community, you can still um, help the black community without championing, um, I guess, a get black love ethic. I guess okay. you can still you can still do that apart from that. Like, like I'm not, I don't have nothing to prove. I don't <laughs> for me like like, and, that, and that's fine. You know, for people who who, who want to champion that black love ethic, um, you know, you, you're free to you're free to do that. Mm. Um, but again, like it's it's it still falls short. It's still not an end in of itself, you know. Like saying things like you know, um, you know, Adam, you know, the first person, the first human being was black. Um, you know, um, all people descend. Oh, I'm gonna say something very. Oh boy. Uh, okay, I uh, just gotta say it. Um, all people don't come from Africa, mm-hmm. so the the narrative is that all. Black people come from Africa, not just black people, but everybody. Yeah, human. Asians, white, yeah, you know, okay. all people descend from Africa. I, I don't would believe think that. that, huh? That's what I would think. Yeah, you would think that. Yeah. Why? But, well, Why? You know, what are you gonna say? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you, you, you say your piece, man. This is your show, man. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, say, say your piece. So, so, so we can just see um, where I'm going. So, okay. yeah, you can see, you say your piece. Well, I, I, I would, I would say that. I mean, that's what the. Ex- experts in the field have said that we all migrated from central or north or central Africa and moved upwards towards Eurasia. Some went towards Mongolia, China now. And then others went um, others went to the um, to the uh, what is it? The, the west side and then the continent kind of split apart. And then skin color changed because of the environment. That's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I would, that's why I would think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I've, I've heard that. But again, you know, you know, you know, people come, well, the first person came from the Garden of Eden. Right? Right? The first person, the first human being comes from the Garden of Eden. Why can't it be in Africa? Uh, because the Garden of Eden is no longer accessible. Africa is. Okay. So we start there. Okay. So like, so my thing is this, and again, like, you know, I'm I'm just deducing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just deducing. So the first human being, if the first person comes from Africa and the first person on the the continent of Africa. Yeah. How did they get there? How did they get there? You're right, right? So in that, in that we know what, like, according to the biblical narrative, um, that, you know, Man was in the Garden of Eden kicking it with God until yeah. God kicked them out. Okay. And then they landed on wherever they landed. But if you're deducing the argument far back, we have to go back to the Garden. Okay. Right? And you and, and from that point on, you know, there isn't any evidence to say what Adam and Eve look like. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with it, but is that only the case if you take the creation account Literally. <laughs> oh, what's this guy talking about? 
about? What do you mean? Well, of course we have to take it literally. Well, how else are you gonna take it? What? That, what? But but this is fable. Like like <laughs> like Jesus refers to Adam as a real person. No, I'm not saying Adam's not a real person. That's uh-huh. not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying the creation account of the that God created Adam and Eve from instantaneously. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, from, well, made from the dust. Yeah, just like created them instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, the six, seven days of creation, six uh-huh. days of creation. Uh-huh. That's exactly the way it account. It that's mm-hmm. exactly how it functioned. Mm-hmm. Is that only the case if you take? I mean, I'm not saying you take the you take the six day account literally, mm-hmm. but I'm saying. Do you only have a problem with people coming out of Africa if you take the creation account literally and say, okay, God created Adam and Eve instantly and then they came from the dirt, boom. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that, yeah, they were in the garden yeah. with but, God. And but, then again, but again, like all, all I'm saying is that, you know, if you're going to deduce the argument to the first man and where he first came from, mm-hmm. man first comes from the garden. Okay. And the garden is a real place. That we're still trying to get back to. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So yeah, so, so what I'm saying is like maybe I'm, I'm I'm speaking out of shock value, but you can say you can say like okay, you know the first man came from Africa and all men came from Africa, but the first man starts in the garden. Okay, you got to go back to so the garden. okay. So 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 the garden is no longer accessible until until new heavens, new earth. So it's some sort of um, it's it's not on earth. The garden wouldn't be on Earth. It would um, be like well, well, somewhere else. Well, the garden was on Earth, and that realm is closed. Okay. Uh, so new heavens, new Earth comes down um, to us. So, so we're still going to be dwelling here, but it's just going to be a renewed creation. Because right now we're in a fallen creation. Okay. And it'll be renewed. Um, right? Um, it's, it's progression, right? We started out in a garden, and then we're going to end off in a city. Right? Still fulfilling the cultural mandate. Um, to cultivate creation, to make it into something, um, you know, glorify God and, and use it for human advancement. Mm. So um, heaven is still a place where we dwell here on earth. Okay. And we continue doing, living our lives like we usually do, um, but to the glory of God um, in a more advanced society than from the garden. Okay. Uh, but again, but I, I, don't, I only say that like just, you know, working from a presupposition of, um, you know, if we're going to deduce, you know, first man, well, first man comes from the garden. And so we look at that narrative and we, and we work from that. Um, so, so again, like, you know, if you want to champion, you know, being black as the paradigm, which interprets your whole reality, it interprets your economics, it interprets your sociology, it interprets your politics, it interprets your theology, then, I mean, yeah, you know, that's you, yeah. you know. But, again, I it falls short. It still falls short of... Um, reality mm-hmm. um you know uh, a biblical reality and, and the ultimate reality um but again if you again look back to the point um you know you're trying to dodge this um deviant popular black culture yeah. thing so some people will, will champion um the black ethic to escape that okay. I, I think from the christian narrative i think you can still escape that um without um necessarily championing um, a black paradigm yeah. of, of, um, of 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 truth, um, like like almost like a deity type mm. thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, man. Great. Thank you, sir. It would have been 
been doing this for like i guess almost two hours <laughs> <laughs> almost oh shoot yeah i know so yeah yeah but yeah thanks so much for doing this um yeah yeah, yeah man no no thank you for having me on the show man it was uh it was a lot of fun Man, there's a lot more that I want to talk about. So next time. Oh, next time. <laughs> next time. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Really? Next time. Oh, wow. Okay. This is cool. I. I. I hope. Uh, look, man. I, I hope. I hope this is. Um. This is helpful for people. Oh, I. I think that. I think it is. And I hope. And I. And I hope it was deep enough. Because you know, you. You've been having like professors on the show, man. Bro. And I'm. You know, these these big time guys, and I'm just. I'm just a poor black man trying to make it no, out of Brampton. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely not. Man, that's awesome though. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, IJ.